Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Marketing and Practice Podcast, the podcast where I get to simplify the marketing and the mindset so you, the chiropractor, can increase your income, your impact, and your enjoyment in practice too. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about what I believe to be one of the most important and impactful skills that you can develop as a human being um, that has an impact across all domains of your life and it's called imperfect action or developing the skill of being able to take imperfect action. Now I'll tell you what got me thinking about this. A couple of weeks ago I got a message from a chiropractor who I do some coaching with and um, this particular person was telling me about a, a series of workshops they've been running in their practice. These are paid workshops. They're wanting to increase Um, their message out to their community but they're also wanting to start to develop a bit of a career where they're actually being paid to share their message so not only they're running kind of free workshops in their practice they now charge their patients for it so they've upped the standard across all things now I got a message from this chiropractor text message telling me that to this date nobody had booked in for the class and I feel like the message was probably asking is it okay for me to cancel the class now first of all It's not my role to uh, tell this person to cancel the class. But we asked some questions, or I asked some questions, about are you happy? In fact, before I go into this, I want to give you perhaps some tips on this, of when it is okay to change your goals, and when it's okay to change your outcomes, and when it's not okay, or when it's okay to not follow through with what you say you're going to do. And it's really simple. The question that I like to ask people is, are you okay with your reasons? And so if you'd set a goal to adjust a certain volume and make a certain income in your practice and you're getting towards the end of the year and you wanted to change that goal just because you didn't think you were going to get there because you couldn't think that you could achieve that, I'm not sure that's a great reason. Now, if you change that goal because you were inspired by something else, um, if you change that goal because it was no longer important to you, but when we change our goals because we see some form of inadequacy in ourselves, I think there's an invitation there for us to really step up and for us to see something bigger inside of ourselves. So I'm never a fan really of changing our goals for those reasons. Instead, what we do is we just change the time frame. So maybe you had an income goal in your practice you wanted to reach by Christmas. That's fine. If you're not going to make it by Christmas, then we just change it to the end of January or the end of February. So that's an aside note there too. So we had some dialogue back and forwards over text message, and this person agreed that they hadn't promoted Um, uh, the workshop the way they would like to and they hadn't followed through the conversations with their patients and they weren't really all in on it. Then we went and brainstormed a bunch of things they could do over this next week to get some people there, one of which was send some emails out. And so they went to work. They sent an email out there too and as a result of sending that email out, they immediately had three people book in for the class. Now the interesting thing about this email was there were a whole bunch of mistakes in it. Now one of the things for those of you that send emails out to your patients, one of the things that is a good practice is for you to personalize um, the email. So it's saying, hey, Angus, or dear Angus, or hello, Angus, or how you going, Angus? Even though we know when we receive these emails, they're not handwritten to us, um, that it's done with a computer program, there's something very powerful about us uh, seeing our names. Now, this particular person <clears throat> made some mistakes. and Instead, I think everyone's email went to Nicole, maybe. Um, Now, even with this imperfect action, even with there being a bunch of mistakes along the way, even when waiting for things not to be perfect, they still end up getting a result. This is a great example of imperfect action. Now, I want to define for you imperfect action, first of all, and then we're going to talk about some things that get in the way of imperfect action and maybe some strategies to have you moving forwards. And I'll also give you some really famous examples of people who took imperfect action and got great results from it also. 
So imperfect action is the idea that taking action towards a goal or an outcome, even if everything isn't perfect or if you don't have all the answer, that's that's really what it's about. It's about recognizing that waiting for everything to be perfect can lead to missed opportunities and stagnation and that taking action, even if it's not perfect, can lead to progress, momentum and learning from your mistakes along the way. Imperfect action is about being willing to take risks, make mistakes and learn from them. It's about embracing uncertainty and knowing that there's no such thing as a perfect plan or a perfect outcome. Instead, it's about taking action, making progress and adjusting your approach based on what works and what doesn't. In short, imperfect action is about taking action towards a goal, even if everything isn't perfect and recognizing that progress is more important than perfection. Now, I struggle to think of an area in our lives where having the skill, the mindset, the identity, um, the character trait of being somebody who takes imperfect action where it's not going to serve you as well. We'll talk about why I think that's the case as we get into it as well. Now, there's loads of examples of people across all industries, from sporting to entertainment to music, who have built careers out of imperfect action. J.K. Rowling, before she became one of the most successful authors of all time, she was a struggling single mother. She wrote her first Harry Potter book while living on welfare. She wrote some of it from a home, some of it from the cafe across the road. She was knocked back by publishers many times, and so her imperfect action at this stage was self-publishing. And that has gone on to become one hell of a career. Steve Jobs, many of us know stories about Steve Jobs. Now, the late Apple co-founder was known for his willingness to take imperfect action. Okay, He's famous for saying, real artists ship, which means that they actually get the project out there. Now, certainly in the early days, if you've been an Apple fan for long enough, there was a hesitancy in around version one of anything to do with Apple. It's part of why they're constantly updating from Apple thir- from iPhone 13 to 14 to iOS 14.01.02, because they understand that the best thing for them to do is to get it out there. Now, as they've grown as a brand and with resources, then the mistakes and the learning that they have is perhaps smaller pivots, but they are still a business that's based upon actually shipping and getting products out there. Sarah Blakely is another name of an entrepreneur that many of you will know. And she was the founder of Spanx, those kind of supportive underwear as well. So she took imperfect action by creating a prototype of her now famous shapewear, just using an old pair of pantyhose and some scissors. She didn't have to go out there and find the perfect material and she didn't have to get it perfectly put together by a seamstress. She didn't have to have the perfect model to begin with, but she just got something out there. And that allowed her to build a business that's a household name and that does over a billion dollars a year in revenue. It's valued at multiple billions, but it does a billion dollars a year of revenue. So this idea and these stories of imperfect action is something that we admire and we see it in our sports people, our musicians, our entertainers, our entrepreneurs. Yet when it comes to us taking imperfect action, it can be very difficult. Now, I see this a lot in um, the chiropractors that I coach with the hesitancy for them to make a video, start a podcast, a podcast um, create some social media posts for them to build joint venture relationships with people in their community. They're wanting everything to be perfect before they take some, uh, some steps there. Now, there are several barriers that get in the way of us taking imperfect action. I want to share four of the big ones that tend to come up and perhaps then with some thoughts about how we get around each of of those two. So maybe think about it for you. Like, what is it that gets in the way of you taking imperfect action? In fact, what it might be worth thinking about here before I get into this too is, can you think about a time when you've taken 
imperfect action and what were the results <clears throat> on the community influencer calls over this last week i've been having a lot of conversations with that to really come to mind for me because a lot of what is important um, around the imperfect action is a story that we tell ourselves afterwards so one particular chiropractor was um, wanting to run again a workshop this time it was going to be an online workshop where he was teaching in around some intermittent fasting um, and the technology flat out didn't work. There are a whole bunch of mistakes that happened at the last moment, which meant he couldn't launch his class. He couldn't teach anything that he was going to be uh, wanting to be teach. And so in some ways, you could look at that as it was a complete failure. Now, it's interesting when I asked the question, what were the results of that? He went on to say it created quite a bit of uh, community understanding, a number of people reaching out to him, all kind of with compassion and empathy, talking about how difficult um, uh, technology can be at times. And there's a great deal of understanding. In many ways, it brought a real closeness um, to the group already before starting. I think you'll find that in many cases, we'll talk about making mistakes around failure in a moment there too. If we're failing and making mistakes all the time, then we can expect our audience might get their knickers in a knot and not stand for that. But the occasional mistakes, <clears throat> most healthy human beings um, are totally okay with that because we understand that as human beings, we make mistakes all the time. When I asked this particular individual, what does that mean? What is the story that you tell yourself when you make these mistakes? He came back to me and he said things along these lines that, you know, it's it's normal to not be good at things to begin with. Like he said, you know, I'm usually a dick at things the first 10 times I try them. Now, these are really good belief systems to have in place if you want to be somebody that takes imperfect action. Now, if we contrast this with another belief system of somebody else was telling a story where... They were kind of pushed into a little more quickly than what they would have liked to into making an advertisement in a local magazine. Now, because they rushed it and took imperfect action, um, they ended up perhaps going over some of the registration requirements and they ended up getting a slap on the wrist from the registration board. Now, their story that they've made up is that when I take imperfect action, I get things wrong and I get in trouble. So think about those two different belief systems underneath that one person thinking, when I take imperfect action, I make mistakes and I get in trouble. And another person who thinks in around imperfect action that, ah, I'm a bit of a dick at things when I try uh, to begin with. At least the first 10 times, I'm not good at things. The stories we have in around our imperfect action are, are really, really important. And it was fascinating to see these two individuals when you look at the operating system that was sitting in behind them. So <clears throat> why? Why do you have difficulty taking imperfect action? Well, one of the reasons that come back, one of the top four is they're in around a fear of failure. Okay, so one of the biggest barriers we have to taking imperfect action is that many people are worrying that if they don't get everything right the first time, they'll fail and they'll be judged by others. Now, this is very common, okay? And in many cases, this fear can be paralyzing and it stops us from taking action. So how would we deal with this? If you're somebody who's feeling a fear of failure, then I would encourage you the first question to ask yourself is, what am I making failure mean? I put a post out recently saying, I was talking about disappointment, and this is another way to think about it. Disappointment isn't a problem. It's what we're making disappointment mean. If we make disappointment mean that I'm a bad person, I can never learn this, I'm terrible, I'm a loser, I'm too old for this, I'm too young for this. If we make it drive towards some form of shame, then that's when failure, that's when disappointment, that's when it can be paralyzing. But there is another way that we can think about like we can start to create stories that aren't as paralyzing i just kind of gave you two before so think about it for a moment think about all the great stories from the movies to the books in each of those what's common to almost all great story is the hero always has a failure <clears throat> now 
this is done and this is part of what's often referred to as the hero's journey. And we there's this archetypical story because it's what bonds us to the hero because we see a human side to them. We see that they are like us in many ways. It helps us relate to them. And so for some reason, though, we're not wanting to have these failures. We're in, these failures can actually make us more relatable. And these failures also, what they can do, if we have the appropriate story behind them, is bring a real strength around it. Now, this would require perhaps that we adopt a growth mindset. A growth mindset would tell us that a failure is just an opportunity to learn something new. If you want to learn more about this concept, and I want to really encourage you to do that, then read Carol Dweck's book, Mindset. I talk about that a lot. It's probably the book I talk about more on this podcast than any other. But if I'm to summarize it into a simple sentence, people with a growth mindset see failure as an opportunity to learn something new. And so they can, in some ways, almost be a youthful enthusiasm about it. So one of the things that Carol found in her book, when I call her Carol, it's like she's a friend of mine, hey? So um, I've never met this wonderful person, but I'm going to call her Carol, like she is a mate of mine. So one of the things that Carol found is that they were giving puzzles and maths equations to young kids, toddlers, um, kindergarten kids. So puzzles that were too difficult for them. And that those that had a growth mindset, they came back and said, that was really hard. It was really exciting. They put those two things together. And that's not often the case what we do as adults. We often say things like, that was really hard. I can't do that. That was really hard. I don't want to do that again. That was really hard. It's not for me. They're all signs of a fixed mindset where you're really telling yourself that you can't learn to do hard things. Okay, You can't grow and develop and learn new things as well. So developing um, a growth mindset would be helpful for you to take more imperfect action. We have a very binary way that we think about action and the results that we get of it. So if I'm going to take an action, I'm going to create a video, um, I'm going to run a workshop, I'm going to go and meet some new people in my community. The binary results, we think this is either going to be a good outcome or a bad outcome. This is what our brand is saying. And because of that, um, our old reptilian brains there are going to say, I don't want to uh, risk that. I want to move away from pain. I want to move towards pleasure. And I don't want to burn glucose in my brain. That takes a lot of energy. So therefore, let's not do it. But there is, and I think probably useful for you, is for you to upgrade your way of thinking. <clears throat> thinking frameworks are a kind of technology. When we think about technology, we tend to think about cameras and phones and computers and AI. But thinking structures and frameworks are equally a type of technology as well. And so one, what I think is an outdated um, thinking technology is thinking in a binary form. Uh, this is either going to be a win or it's going to be a loss. Now, the other way that we can think about it is that this is going to be a win or this is going to be a learning. So I'm going to win and get the outcome that I want, or I'm not going to get the outcome I want, but I'm going to learn something which will move me closer to the outcome I want, which in many cases, what that actually means is it's a win or it's a win. Now, this sort of thinking can be very, very useful for the things that we're doing, marketing our practice, meeting new people, building on our communication skills. Most of us aren't trying to launch people to outer space. We're not doing brain surgery where it's life or death in each moment. And that's not to say that the chiropractic care that we deliver to patients isn't life-changing, isn't life-saving. It can be all of those things. But it doesn't have that sense of urgency in the moment that launching a, uh, a space shuttle into space does. So for most of the decisions that you're making and moving forwards with a binary, uh, having a binary kind of technology of thought is actually not useful for you. So rather than thinking of it as win-loss, maybe what you want to start to think about is either win or it's a learn. Or what it actually is in many cases, it's a win or a win. 
And part of, if you're to get over this fear of failure, is developing the competency that you can cope regardless of what the outcome is, is that you're prepared to feel all of the emotions. I spoke a little bit about this in a previous episode where I shared the steps for you to take if 2023 is to be your best year ever, then one of the things that you're going to need to do is be prepared to feel all of it because there will be failure, there will be frustration, there will be shame, all these things. But when we actually step into and feel these emotions, name it, I'm feeling shame right now. One of the chiropractors who I was talking about earlier, who was telling me about you know, what happened when he took imperfect action, is he said, oh, I had to take a shame shower for a day. I'd not heard that term before, a shame shower. So he felt the emotion. Um, the difficulty comes along with emotions when we don't actually feel them, when we resist to it, we react it, or we avoid it. But if we feel it and step into it, name it, breathe into it, make it bigger. Interestingly, this allows us to process the emotion and gives us an enormous amount of resilience. So they're all things that you can think about if it's a fear of failure that's stopping you from taking imperfect action. The other barrier that often gets in the way of us taking imperfect action is perfectionism. Okay, so perfectionism is obviously this desire for perfection. Some people believe that everything must be perfect before they take action which in many cases leads to a cycle of planning and preparation that never ends. <clears throat> Have you familiar for anybody? I've been through that. There was a time where I wanted to put out such great work is I kept on working to make it better and better and better, match the colors of my cameras, make sure this font hit here and this font matched that one and this color matched the other one there too. But in many cases, it became so overwhelming that the product never shipped. In the end, I had all of these products that were 80% started and you can't change any lives from 80%. In fact, you can't even change any lives from 99%. We must go all in and we must get rid of this whole concept of perfectionism. So what the world is looking for from you in most cases is not perfection. Okay, What they're looking for is authenticity. They're looking for connection. That is the secret power um, that builds many brands now is connection, authenticity, and relatability. And as I mentioned to you beforehand with this fear of failure, we're not putting rockets into space, okay? We, we, this doesn't need to be perfect for us to begin with. In many cases, you would have heard me beforehand encouraging you, B minus work is enough to make you very rich and have a lot of impact in your community. And that B minus work will continue to improve as you go forwards. Perfectionism is one of those things that what it ultimately does is it poisons profitability. And so if we go back, I was talking to you before about Steve Jobs. And one of the things that he said is his artists ship. They get stuff out there. They don't wait till it's perfect. They understand that this is a journey that continues to evolve and the product gets better and better and better. <clears throat> the third reason that gets in the way of us taking imperfect action is a lack of confidence. Okay. So some people lack confidence in their abilities or, or lack confidence in their ideas. And they tend to worry that they don't have what it takes to succeed or that their ideas aren't good enough, okay? This lack of confidence can often prevent them from taking any action at all. Now, I want to have a chat with you here in around the concept of confidence. So when somebody says, I lack confidence, what's going on inside their mind when they say that is there's a new project or an action they want to take. Then what their brain does is it searches through a past back catalogue um, for have we done this before or have we done anything like this? And if you haven't done something like this before um, or this particular thing, then that's in essence where a lack of confidence comes from. Now, it's this again, this is a thought technology in around confidence, and I think it's one that's not useful at, at all. And it is the very reason this old outdated thought technology, it's the reason why as adult being adult human beings, 
we stay stagnant for our most of our lives. We very rarely grow and evolve or change. And if we do, it's very slow and subtle because the growth is always based upon looking at something that we've done in the past or something very close to it. And if we haven't done that in the past, we lack confidence, so therefore we don't move forwards. So we're looking to the past for evidence for what we can do in the future. Now, it's very different for people who are taking imperfect action. Instead of looking to the past for evidence, what they do is look for perhaps other people like them that have taken it. So um, you know, if I'm struggling to do something, then I'll look for evidence for other people that might have done it. You know, the four-minute mile was a great example of that. For a long time, we thought that it was not possible. There was no examples of it. But then once somebody did it, okay, it made it easier for a lot of other people to do it as well. So one of the fun things to do with this, I've been having, again, this lots of these conversations inside Community Influencer. If you haven't joined Community Influencer, you should, okay? A great bunch of people in there. And it is chiropractors that not only want to market their practice, it's chiropractors that want to have more impact, income, and enjoyment in their practice. They want to grow and expand as human beings. And we've been talking about this idea of, of who do you want to be in 2026? So it's Angus 2026 and stepping into that identity. And so we can build confidence from that person. So rather than looking for the past for evidence of what we could do, we could look to this projected person of who we want to become in the future, Angus 2026, and we could ask ourselves, how would he go about it? How would he behave in this moment? And we can pull confidence from there. Now, we can pull confidence from there because we know, as we talked about before, we're not worried about failure. We're not worried about perfect. We've got systems in place for that as well. So instead of taking your confidence from what you've done in the past, I want you to look for other people like you, maybe they've done it, or I want you to build an identity of who you're wanting to be, and I want you to take guidance for who you're going to become in the future. The fourth and final barrier that gets in the way of imperfect action is just an analysis paralysis, okay? So many of us get stuck in planning and preparation, and we never actually get stuck into action. We spend way too much time analyzing the data, trying to come up again, perfect plan. This is a mixture of many of the ones we talked about beforehand. And this again, because we want the perfect plan and we want to siphon and uh, our way through all the information and pull down what's most relevant. This prevents us from often, ta often taking um, action. So as I mentioned, it's a combination of not wanting to get it wrong, um, and wanting to be it perfect. Now, part of this too, here's the challenge because we do have access to more information now than ever. And if you look hard enough, you're going to find information that contradicts any point of view. And so there has to come a time where we just move forwards, where we take strength in our education, we take strength from our uh, philosophy, we take strength and self-confidence from who we are from the future, and we just start to move forwards. Now again, when we're shipping version one, this is not the final version that you put out there. If you put out a video on social media, it's not the last video that you're going to put, and it's totally okay for you to next week, next year, or even tomorrow, for you to change your mind on that. I change my mind on things all the time as I grow and learn new things. You know, I have different thoughts in around what length videos we should be making, uh, you know, different thoughts in around what social platforms we should be on and how we do this whole social media game as well. So getting it wrong is not as big a problem as doing nothing at all, okay? When we put something out there, at least has a chance of getting a result. Um, but when we do nothing, then we're guaranteed not to move any further forwards. Imperfect action is the only thing that will move you towards your goals. Waiting for perfect action will mean that you'll spend your whole time in fear of failure. 
You'll spend all your time with a lack of confidence. There'll be analysis, paralysis. And a part of that whole thing there too, this perfectionism will overwhelm you and stopping you from having the life that you deserve to have. My want, my wish, my encouragement for you is for you to take more imperfect action as well. Folks, that's it for this episode as well. I look forward to hearing stories of your imperfect action and the results and the learnings that you get from it. As always, folks, thanks for all that you do. Keep saving lives. Your community needs you to learn this stuff and more importantly, needs you to implement it. See you back here next week. Bye. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out my Community Influencer Program. It's my monthly coaching program where we take all this material and I'll work with you to help you apply it, implement it and systemize it. The Community Influencer Group Coaching Program is designed to help you increase your practice income, impact and enjoyment. Join me over at anguspike.com forward slash join. That's anguspike.com forward slash join. I'd love to see you there.